could not count the hours I've heard you pray and talk about the Lord. And your mama prayed a lot too, but you actually helped lead your mom wow. to faith, right? The Lord, you helped lead your mama and your whole family to faith in Christ. Weren't you the first in your family? I was a little girl, yeah. Can you talk I about that? I wanted to join the church. I wanted to be baptized, and people would come and get me, and I would go by myself. A little bitty girl going to the Baptist church. <laughs> so much of then, what God's done in my life is a mirror of what he did in hers. And then Mama... You know, she started going to church when I was nine. down she was um, in the church and then all of us in it and all of us are still living for Jesus now thank you Jesus six children six <laughs> thank you Jesus three brothers and two sisters wow so nobody was in the faith before that no we were all we didn't we didn't attend church anywhere. We didn't do anything. But um, when Mama got, someone told her about the um, what's years before that um, when I was just little little, um, my little brother was born uh, with two spines lapped around each other, and they sent him home to die. And so. Um, Mother would wake up to the night, him, you know, just, it was just terrible, him uh, turning yeah. blue and just, yeah. it's awful. And so one day someone came and knocked on the door, and um, it was uh, two ladies, and they, we were living in the back of an Assembly of God church. We, our apartment was in the back of an Assembly of God church. So we heard about this baby, it's your baby. We'd like to know if you'd bring him around with, uh, tonight when we have prayer, prayer meeting, we'd love to pray for him. My mother had never been in a church where you went down and prayed. Wow. She didn't know what to do. She was raised Baptist, so as it turned out, she we, we went around there that night. I remember clear as I can remember, even though it was, I was little, little. And the, at the end of church, they called her to come down front and bring that baby. His name was Tommy. Beautiful baby boy, black hair, just gorgeous. And Mama brought him down, and they anointed him with oil and prayed for him. Well, then we went back around to our apartment, the same little church, and um, Mama said she got up all through the night waiting for him to be gasping for breath like always. Nothing. He slept peacefully all night. So the next day, she took him to the doctor, and they did an x-ray, and they, the doctor said, look at this x-ray. Now look at this one. 
two spines left around and sent home to die, one straight, beautiful spine. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's 70 or almost 70 now, living a perfectly beautiful life. <laughs> and that's beyond a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. So that, that was the start of Mother. I think there was an introduction to her to know that there was such a thing as, God you was know, real. God's uh, real. That God is real. Yes. And uh, then after that, my aunt started witnessing to her and wanted her to come. My aunt was not a, be- was a believer, but she wasn't in the church. Wow. But she wanted my, <laughs> won my mother to God. And uh, so my aunt's husband would t- come and pick all of us up and take us to church. You can't make it. Stop. You can't make it up. In his brand new '57 Chevrolet. <laughs> Come on. Wow. Uh-huh. Boots is gonna be your new favorite. And that's how Mama. That's how she. Uh, 100. Mama got uh, in the church, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. And then all of us just came on in later. So. That was one. That was. I think that's one of those amazing miracles ever. That that little baby. God completely took him, healed him instantly. Healed him instantly. <laughs> How old were you, Boots, when he was well, healed? Probably about four, okay. four or five, yeah. So you remember it? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. I can remember the church and going down and, wow. um, and remember Mama, I can remember her running out of the room many times and he would be gasping for breath. She just, it was just really a... No hope whatsoever to live. And he's lived a wonderful, beautiful life. Talk about um, your children. Because with each child, there's a pretty big story. With each baby. Well, with, <clears throat> with John, um, um, I had a, all I'll say is I had a difficult delivery. And so after that, I, went, I came home, and but we were in Germany. In uh, in the army, Papa been drafted in the army. We were in, we live we were living in Germany. He was born. I didn't know that they lived in. You lived in Germany too. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we had no we had no help there. No family, no anything. We lived on only out with the Germans is where we lived. We didn't uh, have enough rank to be in with the uh, regular soldiers. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we just had to, we just been drafted. So, so you, we li- yeah, extremely spiritual connection that she was pregnant with her first child and had her first child, and I was pregnant with our first child, our first son in Germany. Wow. That's no coincidence no. for sure. <laughs> <coughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <coughs> but I'll get with this, with the baby, so... So I had such a difficult delivery that um, when I got home, my husband had taken a week off, and they changed his orders as soon as he came home, and he had to go to work, wow. leaving with the baby. So I literally, the way I attended my baby, when I had to crawl, everything I did with him, I had to crawl on the floor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm serious. It was, it was unbelievable because I couldn't stand up. I was hurting so bad. So... One so some people from our church came. We had a little, we started a little church there, so people from our church came to pray, and I was in such agony and pain that I couldn't even talk to them. So the very next day, I'm up that morning. I I think I'm gonna sit in the rocking chair and rock my baby, 
and I'm hurting. So I'm just crying, 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 and I, and just started praying, asking Jesus to please heal me, please touch me, so I could tend to my baby. And you've heard the saying, like warm water. I'll never forget that feeling. It was truly just like warm, beautiful, soft water flowing through my body. And I was instantly healed. I got up, and my husband came in to work that day. I was I met him at the door. I had supper cooked, had a little bitty heels, and we wore little heels back then. And he looked at me, couldn't believe it. And then later on, some the church people came by and said, we came to pray for Sister Ragdale again. And I said, come here. They said, what? The people were just, then they started praising Jesus, thanking him. It was just like, it, it was just really true to almost more than you could believe that I was instantly healed, rocking my baby. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was, um. Yes, it, it was. I can still feel it. It just, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure when, you I, will when it first feel started it. happening, what was happening? You know, they told me the pain's gone. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know that. You know, as um, as we testify of His goodness many times, it opens the space in the spirit because of it raises our faith for it to happen again. So I fully expect to be healed <laughs> while we're talking yes. about miracles. And my expectation is on him, but it's just what he does. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you don't feel that again. And you oh, again. with my back, I'd be, <laughs> look, today my back is healed. I'll run all the way to that coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, let it be today. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'll drive you. How about that? You don't have to run. No. <laughs> that street's kind of busy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, son, you leaving? Because I'm, I'm through now. This is good. Oh, yeah. It's we're so just beautiful. visiting, you know. Well, talk about my birth since I was next. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I can't go into all the details, but I prayed for a baby for a long time after I had John. And I was told that we'd never... Could never have another baby. It's okay, Boots. <coughs> You're totally fine. I have to clear my throat. <coughs> and you can start over too. It's no problem. Yeah. <coughs> well, you don't have to because I can edit out that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, so there was this family that started coming to our church. We had uh, invited them to come, and they started coming. And they had a little baby, and her name was uh, Alicia. Al- Alicia. And this family was so, like, they were just so poor and they didn't have hardly any, any way to provide for their all their children. They let us take Alicia and go into our house. We bought her a baby bed, and she slept in the same room that John did. And I don't know how long they would have let us kept her. I don't know. She was a beautiful baby girl. And one day I was looking into the crib and, you know, praying over her and, I have definitely heard a voice say, you're going to have to give her up. Can't keep, she's not yours. This is so good. <laughs> this is so good. And I didn't want to give her up. Because you've been told you couldn't have a baby. Yeah, many children. And they gave her to me. I mean, I just, we know that wasn't legal, but I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd probably run away with her. You, you know, loved her. She was, oh, 
She was a beautiful baby. Not obviously not what I had, what you were, but she was gorgeous. And so my husband came in from he we had started a job that. And I said, Johnny, we're gonna have to give her up, take her home. He said, What? I said, Yeah. So we gathered up all of her stuff. We we bought her you know little toys and clothes and just like she was our own child. And we took all of her stuff home and told her mother that we couldn't keep her anymore, and she understood. But it was just strange. She just took her back. But it was the weird situation. You know how you give a baby, but she said she just couldn't afford to feed her. But then they got another job, or whatever. So it worked yeah. out. And then we helped them with money after that. But um, so then, <clears throat> then when I like I told never told me I couldn't have a baby, and then I think I. I went back to the doctor and they said, well, you've, uh, Boots, you've had a miscarriage. Well, I didn't know I was even expecting a baby. Wow. So I had a miscarriage. So that was even more of a you know, sadness there. Yeah. And then, then the very ne- I think the very next month or two months later, I, went, I started having symptoms. I went back and they said, well, you're, you're expecting a baby now. Because they didn't have tests you get to the doctor at the Drugs Walgreens or whatever. <laughs> And um, anyway, so I went back and I was expecting the baby, um, and uh, everything went went well. The doctor was concerned about me with her, uh, so I don't know what to say because it's okay. You can just be re- regular. And, and then you just okay because I had five more tumors, and they were afraid that was, that was going to cause a bad thing when she was born. So <clears throat> when the doctor put me in the hospital to have her. Uh, he scheduled it and all, and I, and my husband said he looked out the door of the hospital, at the window of the hospital, and he saw the whole staff of the doctor's staff coming up, the secretaries, the nurses, everybody coming up the hill. They closed the office down when I went into labor. Wow. Because he had had a dream. The doctor had a dream about me, and he it wasn't a good dream, he said. And he had lost a patient not long before with the same thing, and th- his staff was worried about him. They wanted. To be, they were. They were all in the waiting in the delivery room with him when when I was when she was born, and uh, so when they when they got her out, they just took her and uh, I, I can remember clear as though they took her and just wrapped her all up in a sheet and laid her over on the side of the thing. And I said, "What? What? Where's my baby?" And I sat up and I said, "Where's my baby?" And they went and did something to the sheet, and then the baby the sheet was moving. And they went, and it's just hard to, it's hard to put it all in words now. But my doctor told me later that she died at birth. And you could see her little legs. Her legs looked, looked like you rubbed ash or something. They were just solid grayish black. Her little legs were where he had uh, to her to be delivered. Because I was breached, so yeah. he, like, wrenched me out by my... He said we were just concerned about the mama. We 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 didn't have any. We didn't have any hope for the baby, but we knew about the mama. We had to save you, and so um, they said. But when I set up and said, "Where's my baby?" That's when they went over and pulled the sheet back, and she was moving, and she was alive. And uh, but my doctor told me said she was not living moving when I got her out, and um, so and they didn't work on me. Like I've been in birthing rooms now where. The babies will come out not breathing, and a whole NICU team is there ready, and they get them back. Yeah. And uh, they didn't do that with me, no. right? No. 
So <clears throat> for three days, I was completely out of the dark in left field. I would tell them they'd come in and they'd say, something about the baby, and I'd say, I dreamed I had a beautiful baby. Said, no, Boots, you had this baby. But I, my mind was not right. Wow. So I didn't know that I'd had her. There's another miracle. Um, so about the third day, I came around and I knew what was going on. And a nurse came in. Uh, she said, Kid, I'm, I'm going to get your baby. She said, matter of fact, she said, I've already had your baby. She said, I've gone on every floor of this hospital. And I found nurses that I know do not believe in God. And I've told them, or oh, they don't believe like they should. And I've told them, look at this. You want to see a miracle? This is a miracle, baby. She said, I've, she said, I've been on every floor of this hospital. She said, I just received the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I think she said five weeks ago, and said, so I'm just, this is new to me, but I know I was in there. I know what this happened to this baby. She was not alive. And that she said, I know she is now, and I'm telling all the nurses and about the doctors. So it was a true miracle. And, and then, you know, Cheyenne, obviously, yeah. we know why God saved her and why he, yeah. all that. Wasn't, she wasn't just a baby. She was witnessing yeah. before she could talk. <laughs> Pointing to the, the reality of God. God, yeah. And she's heard that story over and over, I've told her. Because I wanted her to know that... <clears throat> It was, we prayed for her. We asked God for her. Um, wasn't just a, something you have a baby. No, we we know that God gave her to us. Wow. And she's proven that through the years. It's so beautiful that he not only saved you, Shai, like saved your life in that moment, but yours too. Yeah. yeah. The doctors were focused on you. That was his only concern was my mom. What? And that God, through the doctors, saved you. Yeah. Because you could have passed. You could have died. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. And that led to the story with Joshua. The both births were so traumatic, they didn't want you to have another baby. No baby. Tell that story. So when I found out I was going to have, have another baby, it was several years later. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, but one of my doctors told me, says, said, uh, Boots, you, can, we, you don't need to have this baby. We looked at your records and what you went through and said, you, no, you, so we need to abort this child. So he sent me on my, on my, pediat- on my gynecologist's lunch hour. He called him and asked him, said, whatever, I said, would you, you hang out? So I, I send, I'm sending somebody over. Sent me over on his lunch hour and went in. He looked at my records of death and he said, well, this time tomorrow can all be over. And, um, and then he looked at me and tears just started dripping down. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what abortion meant. I so didn't it was even, 45 we, years ago. We never used that word. We didn't know what that word meant. So he didn't say that word. He said, this time tomorrow can all be yeah. over. And tears just started pouring in my face. And he said, but I got a feeling you want this baby. I said, yes, of course I do. He said, okay, then we'll make a pack. We'll have a baby. And so the, the, the procedure for them was you, there were two, pediatri- two obstetricians. You'd see one one month, one the next, one the No, he said, you're mine. Do the whole thing. I will not, you're, nobody else is going to see you. I'm going to see you. And he saw me through the whole thing. Josh's birth was perfect. 
Papa got to be in the room when he was born. Healthy baby, beautiful. Wow. And so that was, I mean, there again, you never, you just, it was so beautiful just knowing that, that uh, and then when I think about him now, and I'm so glad I had him. <laughs> he was my heart. <laughs> he was really my heart. And anyway, still is. <laughs> yeah. I think about him so much. Talk about um, the fairgrounds that day. What happened? You tell that. <laughs> I tell it all the time. I, I would love to person. hear what what you remember and what you experienced. And what, well, it, it really goes before that. It goes to, I think this story has to start with you being up at 530 in the morning listening to CC Winans skip to the healing part talk a little bit about that talk about well how you were you were sick for a long time when did it start what do you think you were probably 40 38 40 something like that yeah started with your heart right chronic fatigue syndrome it attacked your heart first I remember she was in critical care like seven times in one one year, right? With heart issues, and then it switched to her lungs. Um, and that morning, you were on 32, 33 medi- I have a list of medications at home. Every morning, she started with 33 different medications. She was... Uh, on breathing treatments every three hours around the clock she was on 80 milligrams of prednisone for a lot of that time just to keep her alive and one morning she was up taking a breathing treatment and when I got up later she told me what happened I was listening to CC Winans and one of the songs was uh, Skip to the Healing Part and I heard clear as day, I heard God say, if you'll skip to the healing part, please, I'm going to heal you. I'm going really like heal healed. you. And he said, act like you're healed now. <laughs> and you, you're talking about somebody that was so far from being healed. I mean, I could barely get her. I could barely do anything. It was just unbelievable. My children had come home for me to either be healed or to die. Yeah. That's what they... They told, their, they told their manager when they left you, said, we're not going to come back till God heals our mother, or if, if he takes her, then either way, we're home with Mama. And that's what they did. Yeah. The two beautiful children just stayed right there with me. And so that day, you said, okay, you told me to live like I'm healed. First thing I want to do is start drinking water. Mm-hmm. And my mom did not drink water before that. She only drank Diet Coke. And she got a Diet Coke bottle and filled it. And she started drinking 100 ounces of water from that, that day. Wow. And then I took charge of all of her meals. So I would do this diet called The Zone, where you just make sure you have enough protein to carbs. And Anyway, and within a year, um, well, so reaching past the fairground story within a year and a half she was off all medication 
I lost what, 110 pounds, something like that, because the prednisone brought so much fluid and and all the other medications had so many other symptoms. Um, and I guess I, looking from where I sat, my perspective, the most important part of that story was how he b- began to lead you not just to drink water, but to um, be healed in your heart. And I remember the day that you called me into your room and told me something you're, that God had told you that you need to do. Do you remember? I needed to uh, forgive my real daddy. I had been raised by just a wonderful stepfather that I adored and loved, and he was my daddy. But I never addressed my real daddy. And was it right after that, Cheyenne? It was while you were doing it. You can't, there's no way in the world to make that up. My my real father had, I didn't even know he had my phone number. I don't know how he had it. We get a call from him. As she's forgiving him. <laughs> I still can't believe that. <laughs> And I don't know what he said. I don't remember now what he said, Shane. He said, I just wanted to call you and tell you I love you. He was a handsome man. Cowboy. And that's the only time he ever called. First the and first last time. and the last. Wow. She wasn't raised with him. And there was just a lot of misunderstanding around the whole story. And it had uh, trapped hurt, rejection, bitterness in her heart. Man, it just hurts. Hurt. You know, it just hurt. How could someone not want me? No, I'm just teasing. But it, 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 um. Well, not want any baby. Yeah. And we, it turned out we went over there later and made amends, had wonderful relationship to the very end. Mainly through Shine through Shine and Joshua. They were such um, And that was a massive part of your healing. Yes. Here right there. That was a massive part of her healing. I don't know that you would have been healed without that. I know. You know? Because the spiritual root of asthma, Henry Wright teaches, is a deep fear of abandonment. And that's how she felt was abandoned. You know, and so then one of the other huge parts of the story is um, Josh and I were playing a, a music show in Mississippi, and um, we're on some bus, I can't remember, some country artist bus, and we hear um, my mom's name being called in a loudspeaker, and they're saying, Joshua and Cheyenne Ragsdale, your mother is an emergency, like something. And we like flew off that bus. And I was the first one to her. And I had come home to take care of her. Now, this was probably six to seven months into her healing journey. Wow, like halfway. Yeah. So we already had the word from the Lord that he was going to heal her if she would live like she's healed. And I just want to run all around this apartment. Because you're saved by believing you're saved. (laughs) She was healed by believing. She's healed. 
We're delivered by believing we're delivered. <laughs> it's all where you put your faith. You wouldn't have drank the water if you didn't believe he would heal you and that he cared for you. Wow. Even more that he would heal you. You had to believe that he cared. <laughs> that your actual father in heaven wow. actually cares. You believed. And how could anyone be saved unless they believe God loves them? Yeah. Not just that a man named Jesus died on a cross. <laughs> then we have a father yes. who cares. This is the only way anyone can be saved is believing they're loved. She was healed by believing that God cared enough to heal her. And so here I am in this healing journey and know God's going to heal her and now all of a sudden we're at this music festival and I got to her first and I leaned down to listen to her chest because with the asthma attack the worst thing you can hear is no sound like you would hear her wheezing across the house any room but the most dangerous thing is when there's no sound because that means it's too filled and two weeks before that, the Lord had given me an open vision. And he showed me that one day I would live in um, a place where I would see the dead raised. Two weeks before that? Two weeks. I was on my little pink fuzzy rug at one in the morning. And the Lord gave me visions of the dead raised. And the sick healed demons cast out, the blind sing, the lame walking. I wasn't surrounded by that. I was surrounded by country music. I'd heard stories of that as a little girl, but we didn't know anybody that walked in that, did we, Boots? Wow. So for me, that was just old-timey prophet preacher men. I didn't know I could walk in that. And I said, Lord, I want to see this. And he said, you will, but it'll mean a different way of living. And then he said, as a sign of this covenant between you and me, I want you to anoint yourself every day with olive oil for the rest of your life. And I was like, well, if that's not God, I don't want to be tricked into being religious about something. And if that's not God, I don't want to miss this. And I opened my Bible. I said, Lord, if this is you, show me in your word. Prove to me this is you. And I opened the Second Kings 9. Where Elisha said to the member of the prophets, Take this vial of olive oil with you and anoint Jehu to be king. And Jehu, I would only find out years later, was anointed to bring down Jezebel and her family. And Jezebel is what killed my mom. It was the spirit that attacked her. And um, two weeks later, I get to my mom. There's no sound coming from her chest her lungs and the Lord spoke to me he said go get the bottle of olive oil and I said God if you're going to heal her you can heal her without the olive oil he said go so I left my mom who I had like quit everything to help right. <laughs> I left her alone nobody had gotten there with me yet to go get that bottle of olive oil 
And by the time they came back, they had her hooked up to a heart monitor with just what they had on the fairgrounds. They called an ambulance. I slide into the back seat, open my Bible, anointed her with oil. She raised up and coughed and vomited up all this stuff, you know, just like a TV Joshua. Yeah. Deliverance. <laughs> and uh, by the time we got to the emergency room, the doctor was mad that someone called him in from his holiday for a full arrest call. Full arrest means gone. Because he said all that's wrong with her is maybe, maybe low potassium. Who made this call? And he looked at me and said, what happened? And I said, oh, doctor, tell it. (laughs) Tell what you remember of this. And, well, to prep it for that, when we got, when the ambulance got to the hospital, there was a, um, um, what do you call it, like a EMT was outside and he, he he wasn't crying, but he was very, very sad. He looked at Joshua. He said, we lost her. We lost your mom. He Because the report had come in that I was flatlined. Wow. And so he was telling Joshua he was so sorry. And uh, so, but I, I, by then I was breathing. Got in there and, and <laughs> shot in on red patent leather boots oh, and a cowboy hat. And the doctor said, what happened? She said, whoa, whoa. And she just started dancing and shouting all over that emergency room. I mean, just going hard. And I said, leave her alone. She's in the spirit. Because I, I was afraid they were going, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with her, you know. Yeah. But I wanted them to know, look. No, and I said, of course, me sitting up saying, she's, leave her alone. She's in the spirit. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and he got madder. Uh, and it, did, it, did a nurse come to you or did she come to me? Uh, I think a nurse whispered in my ear. She thanked me. She said, thank you for getting sick. She told us that. Yeah. Wow. Because you could tell it changed we, her life. We never, never knew what it meant. She knew she, she just, witnessed a miracle. She, said, she knew she did. thank you for getting sick. So that she <laughs> 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 I mean, she had this dance all over there. Just, it was just unbelievable. Because just, I did... I anointed my mom out of obedience to God, but I didn't have any faith for it. Number one, I didn't know she was dead. I didn't know they lost her. I knew it was serious, but I was all the way at the other end of the campground, basically, to get the oil when while they, they were. Do you yeah. remember the the country artist Tracy Bird? Yeah, they were on his bus. Okay. And so, I didn't feel faith, and then she was requesting me to go in the ambulance with her. I asked her later why, and she said, because I knew you would pray. Yeah. Because when she would have asthma attacks, I would pray, you know. And so she, they were working on her in the ambulance, and I would just tell the ambulance driver, thank you, thank you for your help. And I would tell the EMTs, thank you, thank you for your help, but God's got her. Mama, don't you dare take your eyes off Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mama, don't you dare take your eyes off Jesus. He's got you, you know. And uh, then when the doctor made the official report that she was fine, my faith connected with my feelings. And I said, oh, doctor, I got to dance. And I just danced all over them. That little emergency room. In a tiny little town. It wasn't a big yeah, hospital at all. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leather pants. Faux leather pants, yes. So many miracles, huh, Boots? Oh. 
Remember the blood clot when I prayed for your leg? Talk about that for a minute. It was here at Colonial Grand. These apartments. Yeah, it, it, it really was, yeah. My leg was so, you know, I think we didn't know really what it was then. We didn't. We think had no idea. So um, I even thought about all this. We didn't know. We didn't know. You just said, will you pray? I anointed you with the oil and commanded it to leave. We didn't know till a year or two later what had happened. My leg was hot. It was it swollen. It was terrible. We'd, we'd been on. We'd been to Georgia, and we came back that night. We brought Elijah back and let him get with you, with you all. And I said, Sean, I said, I'm not going to be able to come to church tomorrow. I said, my leg is hurting so bad. She said, let me just pray. And she put her hands on it, and I felt the coolness of her hand. And then the next morning, my leg was perfectly fine. Well, several, that, then that kind of signs went away, and we, we never knew what it could have been. But then years later, I started having swelling in this same leg. And two or three doctors looked at it and didn't pay any attention to it. And I said, wonder why just one foot is swollen there? And they never said, anyway. Finally, I went uh, to another doctor, and for something else, he looked at my leg and immediately said, he called out. Uh, like the people that deal with blood clots, some kind of place, and say, I need to get her in there, stat, something, this is not, this is not normal. Well, what happened is when they went in there to do the, all the tests on me, the, like a sonogram thing and all, they came in and called a specialist in, and she came and she said, Miss Boots, she said, you have had a blood clot. It shows where there was one. There's not one there now. She said, she said and, and they said, and your foot will be swollen for the rest of your life. Your foot will stay swollen. And it's just as swollen as it can be now. But that's the residue. That's all that's there from the blood. But it shows where there was a definite blood clot in the middle. Because the blood clot could have killed her. Yeah. Right. If it dislodged and went. Yeah. <gasps> and so now we know that's what it was. We, but then we didn't, we didn't know. You know, we didn't have a clue. So he just does so many miracles. He just. Um, in your eye. My eye. Oh, I could go on and on. So high. <laughs> one more. How about just one more? Yeah, okay. The baby says, this one. <laughs> this um, one. My son John invited uh, Pop and, and uh, invited us to go to have uh, lunch with him one day at P.F. Chang's. So we came in from Dixon you know, and went to P.F. Chang's, had lunch. And I said, Mama, I want you to come meet my eye doctor, my optometrist. He said, well, I just want you to be there just right here. And I said, Okay. We went in and they were having some kind of little party, had little little uh, refreshments out and all. So it's kind of a really light atmosphere. And so the doctor leaned over to me just out of the clear. We said, Miss Bootsy said, would you come in and let me give you an exam real quick? Which was totally not, right. you know, I didn't hadn't set up for it. It wasn't anything to do with that. And, and I thought, I, so I whispered to him, I said, I think I'm going to need an ophthalmologist, which I couldn't really say the word, I said, because uh, I'm seeing purple in this eye. <laughs> I can remember the look in his face, like, okay, well, let's go in and look at it. He went and looked, did within, well, within two or three minutes, he was back out, called John, Kristen, Papa, and he said, look, what she's seeing is blood, isn't she? has had a stroke in that eye. We've got to get her to an asbestos immediately. <laughs> and all sounds like you make it up, like I'm making it a really worse. It was terrible. <laughs> I said, how long have you been seeing this purple? I thought, oh, a 
good mom. But Joshua died, and I didn't want any. And I think it was from trauma, from uh, trying grief, to hold in sure. the grief and stuff, and not you know be a be a steel magnolia. And uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so I went to a, a spec to get him run into see a specialist, and uh, he said, "Well, you've had a stroke in this eye, and I'll give you a thirty percent chance that I can save it." That's all he said, and you'll have to get shots in this eye for at least a year. <laughs> so for a year I would go and they would uh, and put a shot in that eye, and of chemo it was some kind of chemo they had a. Um, it's hard to explain anyway. It was they would treat people for chemo for another disease, and their eyes would get better, and they realized, wait a minute, this is. Not a coincidence. This this is helping. Anyway, that's what it was. It's really a trial thing, um, but my sight's restored. I didn't lose sight. And John says, in, invariably, when he goes back to his doctor, said the first thing he's gonna say is, "How's Miss Boots?" <laughs> and he'll tell me, he said, "Well, John, I would have given her three weeks, and she'd have been blind." And then I. So, so the way that the even, Lord works, that's a miracle. It is a miracle. Yes, yes. Yeah. Divine intervention. <laughs> Thank Hallelujah. you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All glory to God. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm truly believing he's going to heal my back. I believe with all my heart. I've I had, believe it. Um, there's basically nothing else they can do, but we know that God can... This has increased my faith. Me too. And I hope it does others that listen. Yes. Some of these stories will sound a little too good to be true. They are too good to be true. <laughs> Come on. Naturally you know? speaking. Naturally yes. speaking, you couldn't. Without no. a good God, there's no way. And I have no reason to make up stories. Right. <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> 74 years old, you don't have time to make up stories now, Boots. <laughs> but he is. He's a... Um, He's just, he's more than I ever dreamed and more than I could ever, he's everything to me. Thank you for sharing. Thank y'all for wanting to hear it. My mom is a preacher. She sure is. Now she's just preaching from her chair. (laughs) Preaching. Yeah. It's a lot of where I get it, you know. I can tell. Oh my gosh. When she gets wound up. It's on. She's going to come preach. You're going to come preach for us, right? Come on, what's impossible for you right now? What's impossible? It's impossible.